I am unashamed. What about you? It's quite the challenge to be good. Jesus said no one's good but God. So you get that firmly entrenched in your mind. You're saying, wait a minute. If no one is good but God, what am I to do? And I came away with the thought, the best you can do is try to be like the one who is good. The only one who's good. The only one who's good. (laughs) Everybody else is bad in the Bible, everybody. But bad's never mentioned. So the question came, do you, do you go around, because there's a whole lot of verses, hundreds, that say you go around doing good. And I got Titus mentioned eight times, little book of Titus. Yep. Be good, be good, be good, be good. So I came away from you aspire to be good and do good, Well, uh, not to be saved. You're trying to be good because you know you are saved. Because yeah, there's no you one. You have good. all the bad, the baggage. Yep. It's removed. Now be like God. Be good. No one else what, is good but to God. Our, to our audience, we were having Phil notice that when he looked up good, there's a lot of it in the Bible. When he looked up bad, it had zero references. It? That's <laughs> it, right. In the it's NIV, all, I the, said so. It's deeper it than than it says. That, that's evil. good and that's bad. You know, solid foods for the mature. The Hebrew writer said, "Who by constant use." So this is a process. Have trained themselves to distinguish between good and evil. You say, yeah. hmm. hmm. But I did look it up, and it's the same word. Greek, same Greek word. Yeah, same Greek word. For Some would just read the text, K-O, though, and K-A-K-O. say, well, yeah, okay, go around doing good and being good. You say, yeah. They're like, but, but let me tell you something. It must be hard to do if no one's good but God. Yep. But I think we're all I, I bad. Think, we're all evil when it comes to who's good and who's bad. That's the rich young ruler. He come up there and that's where Jesus told him. He said, why do you call me good? Well, I think. He said, well, you know, I've kept I, all the command. He said, I'll tell you what you do. You know, give all your money away and give it to the poor and follow, come follow me. Be, this, this is how you be good. But I think what you're, the reason you're looking at this is because the debate in the religious world, and if I use Galatians for an example, she said, what happened to the Galatians? Because they actually believed in Jesus. But they had, they had Jesus, or a belief in Jesus, plus obedience, and in this case, circumcision. To the law of Moses. Yeah, to the law of Moses equals salvation yep and so they came up basically with the formula of like what you're saying if you believe in jesus because jesus is salvation so you got jesus or belief salvation then obedience because then it's about him so but the tricky part of all that is is then you get into the response, but I believe the response is a surrender. Whatever your response is, even repentance or baptism or belief or, or you know, accepting Christ. Confession. It, it is a declaration that's not in the law or about the law. You're declaring that I can't, I am no longer using my performance right. as my guide or anchor to salvation. Yeah, <clears throat> which, and you're exactly right. I used the illustration before 
on a podcast and we were talking about this because someone sent me a note about it that, you know, if you declare bankruptcy, that's not just saying to everybody within earshot, I declare bankruptcy. I saw that on the show. It's like a process you do that provides you cover. And so it's not exactly the same, but I mean, the idea is a declaration is an encompassing surrender. I think it's exactly, the, which is what I think. I mean, I, I you can look into it yourself, but to me, the bigger problem in our churches is not that. No. It's more like it's like these people who who get into this. You know, they they spend ten years of just letting themselves go, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Oh, I'm going to start working out and fix this in you know three days." Yeah, exactly. And uh, to my point is, is, I heard this guy one time say, you know, he had spent his whole life basically destroying his body and he's like i gotta I got start working out so he's like by day three he just he literally thought he was gonna die uh-huh. so he just started watching workout videos <laughs> 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 you know what i mean first he was participating he said then i just realized i just had it on but i'm just watching it <laughs> and i thought it's like that in the church though yeah it's like when you you Respond to Jesus. I mean, he's awesome. You hear the grace of God, his plan. You're like, man, I'm going to get after it. And then, like, you know, a couple of Sundays roll around, and you basically just end up doing what seems silly on a workout. But we do the same thing. They just want to come watch somebody else work for about an hour, and then they go. Then they're good. Yeah, there's no no spiritual application. I do the same thing with this. I'm on at least on a new diet, and uh, we're entering into the third week. And so now my favorite show is the Guy Fieri show, the Triple D. You know, he goes to all these diners and – dives around the country and I, was like, I get to watch other people eat so yeah because exactly. <laughs> i'm not doing it myself <clears throat> well i was thinking about that well, when you were talking about works kind of the idea of works or or your own goodness dad and i was thinking about that you know paul addressed it in the first uh second chapter of ephesians when he said it's by grace you've been saved through faith this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. So I think it's that same concept. If somebody think you can achieve goodness by what you're willing uh, to to do in terms of your works, which is, and you describe the rich young ruler, I think that's exactly right, which is why you're always counterbalancing that. Somehow we have to well, embrace what God has done and not see ourselves as like, unwinnable because we are. I mean, he, he saved us. He said in verse 10, we are God's workmanship creating Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So it's not really about the works. It's more about the mindset. Yeah. I mean, that goes along with what, you know, I just, we just wrapped our, our show and uh, it was, I literally had a physical feeling when they all, they were all kind of clapping and I was like, why is everybody clapping the crew? The last I, tone. Yeah. I realized <clears throat> It's over. This has ended. Now, it's never really over because, you know, a week later they'll call me and like, hey, let's do some interviews or whatever. We got to do this. But for the most part, what they call the, I guess, the end scene stuff, they've been here for three months, I guess. Yep. You know, it's over. But, you know, those things, y'all have been a part of them before. And we were five years with our little duck show. But so this seemed small compared to that although it was a probably three months of prep and then three months of actually filming but uh 
you know, by the end. Making a TV show is not easy, by yeah, the way. Yeah, by the end. They, <laughs> Just so our audience knows that. I'll tell you what it is. <laughs> in, in, a, in a sentence, it is one of the most, if not the most, laborious. <laughs> laborious is a big word for Jay's. Laborious. Oh, I got that one, Phil. That's why when he said, will you, will you, it's, it's a, it's a, we're done with this session of the show. We, we've we've come to a milestone. Yep. Ten episodes. We're all happy that it's over. Yep. I mean, the the the, the pressure's off. And, and Bill, you say, well, that's what he want to do. Jay said it recommended a celebration. Yep. Well, what's a celebration to us? That means find the Opelousas cat. That's what and, say. The, and the crop. Bill it, really came through. We had a party. And uh, did Phil, you kill the fattened catfish? I'm not on the show. And I didn't even feel comfortable about them walking up with a camera <laughs> and aim it at the fried fish. But I thought to myself, if they'll just keep that camera on the fried fish, not me. I said, I'll be happy. So I'm standing there frying fish. And I look so over your hands there, made it. And It'll these, be interesting film to crew, see. You're talking to yeah. them. I said, <clears throat> guess what you're filming here? And <clears throat> the cameraman kind of <clears throat> looked up like, what is it? I said, this is belly meat off of a Opelousas catfish. Of course, the show that they're in, when the, when the cameraman heard that, he thought, this is big. <laughs> he said, you know, I said, you have crappie. Now you have deboned. <clears throat> no bones are in any of this fish. Yep. It's all been deboned. It's freshly caught this morning. It's a celebration. Time for Opelousas cat. It, it, that is the celebration. Yep. I was yep. just doing that. Did you have a mic? I said you have a mic. I didn't have a mic. No, right. they, they, so didn't, want to, they didn't want to know what I had to say. <laughs> well, that'd be 50, I knew 50, that. 50, I just know. wanted them to film the fish. You have a mic on, you're going to be on the episode. If you don't, I was in a good well, position. I, I was the cook. That's all I wanted to do, just yep. to cook. No, it was nice of you, and it was great. And by the way, the I'm still eating those. those I, I had them. They're good, even cold. They're good. No, cold. I mean you. We we didn't cook all. You didn't cook all what you had. Oh, so you said that. I, like, I left. I, I left. A, you know, in deference to you, I left a little stash, one little, you know, three pound op. I had in the in the ice box. We call it refrigerator. <laughs> I had that stash back so that yesterday when I came home from meeting with the brothers, you know, I had the the two piece of the belly meat, yep. the backbone, I left it. It's all intact, though. So it's not so like... So you ran it back for a second, second went, round. And then I invited Phyllis, the long-lost daughter, and yep. her artist husband yep. to come bump off that. Oh, yeah. So we had us a little bit of celebration. <laughs> Lops are running. You know, a lot of celebration is... was around that catfish. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the end of the production as well. Yeah, it was good. Uh, laborious, by the way. Not that I had to look it up. <laughs> Let's see. What does it say? Requiring considerable effort and time. That was that, perfect. That's the perfect word for that. That's why I have Glorious. I have moments of stuff like that because of my past degrees in college. But mm-hmm. I will I will want everybody to know that my degrees, two degrees, mm-hmm. never helped me with catching Opelousas catfish. <laughs> Nobody ever brought it up. You were the most. You were the most. You they the didn't mo- mention <laughs> Jesus, and they didn't mention fish. You were the fish. most educated commercial fisherman on the Washington. There ever has been. <laughs> you remember that one time when I came up with that word, and then I was those right. commercial fishermen, they don't have a degree in anything <laughs> no, except how to fish. Remember but that, labor. Remember that time I came up with that word, and it happened to me right. Yep. Was it scantily? Yep. Uh, so what I was going to say though is, it it literally it saps you. 
and there's no time to do anything else. I mean, during this three months. Is it mental or physical or both? Both. Yeah, both. Oh, yeah. I was way more involved in how this was going to work. A lot um, of people, they say, ha, ha, ha. They see these little show, Jace. <laughs> but having participated now with Duck Dynasty and this show, I mean, how do they do it? I mean, how much? I mean, how big a grill grilling is it really? I mean, it's a it's a it's a grilling. Well, I realized in the first show that Willie was kind of doing what I'm doing in this, which is much more you laborious. Remember, these people don't know us, and they come down, and it's a shock to them on how we just normally operate. You're way more engaged in the creativity side of the content of the show than you were on the first. Which show. really, Phil Phil saw it. You didn't see anybody saying, hey, let's do, we just, they just turn the cameras on, which is the way I like it. <laughs> it just goes, and they're looking around like, mm, thumbs up. Okay. Way better. Yeah, it was way better. So, Jason. It's hard from somebody from Los Angeles, California, or New York City mm -hmm. to make the trick down here to get here, and then come up to you and your background, and they were trying to put words in your mouth. It'd yeah. be best if you just said, okay, it's a different... Well, different. I do say it's worthy of note. I get your point. But most of the people that I was working with were from Texas and Montana. So. I noticed as a person who was no part of the show, that's me, none. Mm -hmm. I was just simply asked to cook some fish for the film crew and the participants. Yeah. I just noticed that uh, it was, uh, what, what do you say? It, it it was we were miles apart, we, we were miles apart in the way we think. The personality issues <coughs> and cultural cultural, cultural yeah. issues. So, yeah, but hang on, Jason. Let's, let's take a break. One of the things I love about spring, there's a lot that I don't love. We talked about pine pollen and some of the allergy difficulties, but one of the great things is just about all your. You know, plants around your house, everything's blooming. You know, you just have a, it's colorful, it looks great. Yeah. Lisa is much happier uh, when that kind of thing is going on. She's like, oh, look at this, it looks so great. And uh, whenever we want to, of course, one thing that may happen is if you hadn't done a great job with your landscaping, everything looks dead and terrible. And so to, to replace that and to fix that, one of our sponsors is called Fast Growing Trees. That's who Lisa and I go to whenever we want to replace some of those dead things in the flower bed, because one is when it comes to you, it's ready to go. I mean, it looks great already. They guarantee that, which is really good. That it's going to look great. It's called the 30 day alive and thrive guarantee. Uh, we've used this product now for the past couple of years since they've been um, sponsoring the podcast. So I really want to encourage you this time of year. Now's the time to get that flower bed looking good, uh, make your house look bright and have some good colors. What you do is go to fastgrowingtrees.com slash Robertson, and you're going to get 15% off your entire order. So it's a great deal to get you started. 15% off fastgrowingtrees.com slash Robertson. That's fastgrowingtrees.com slash Robertson. But I think, uh, I think, I enjoyed that crew. Uh, well, I, what I was going to say was the, the, the way the crew that you work with in this laborious, like anything else, you do something very difficult with a group of people, even if you're looking at it and you disagree or you've got different ideas, you build a bond with them. Because I remember when our show ended, I mean, like, <clears throat> I was genuinely sad there were people I would not get to see anymore. I mean, I think about Jim Moore, you know, who was yeah, well, one of the just, best. You spend a lot of time. If you had time pieces, like Jay says, and you were reaching in your pocket or looking on your arm or 
beep, 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 on the computer <clears throat> and you were looking up what time it is, that would make it more misery. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, best we wasn't just doing to go that. with it and say, well, it's, I don't know when this thing's going to end, but plod through it. Well, there's no <laughs> clocks out in dirt fields and no. wilderness. <laughs> what I was going to say is, before we got off into that, was about two or three days before it ended. I mean, because the last couple of weeks were really rough, you know, it just because they were trying to do some pickup interviews from other episodes, and it, got, it was getting a little wonky. And so Jeff and I were driving, because Jeff always rode with me for some weird reason, and, and never had his stuff. <laughs> he used my stuff and rode with me for the last three months. He's been... You nice. just described the life of Jeff. If we made a movie about Jeff, it would be that. <laughs> what, what scared me a little was... I just cooked the fish, but I was with a film crew that had just finished the 10th episode of this, and it was my family members. So when I'm sitting there at the table, I actually sat at the table. They probably want a little clip of that. But I was sitting there, and and my family members, all of them are my children and their grandchildren. And we're just seated at a, at a place right. finishing a meal. And but what was what was amazing is all of what they were talking about the entire time I was there, fifteen minutes. They're they're, they're filming, yeah. and everyone's eating. You know, we're eating the fish and the salad celebration. But I was listening to what they had to say. Jace, Willie was there. Jeff was there. You know, Murray Crow, Cy was down there. But after they all got through speaking, you had no idea. I had no idea what they were talking about. <laughs> You gotta get I mean, out I was more. like, I was like out in the on a limb, and and they're talking about the show, which I had no part well, of. Did you have your hair? Uh, we were talking about all our, I did. When adventure. the finally comes, and that's the only part I played. You know, sign here before we fam. You know, and they started, I'm like, why would I have to sign my name on a piece of paper just to walk up there and come deliver on, some? You probably didn't tactics. if you didn't have a mic. But I mean, but, it, it was really eye opening. I said, I. I don't know what they're talking about. Well, it's good. You'll have to watch the show. That's and you'll right. figure yeah. it out. What I was going to say is so we got in the vehicle and it was about an hour. We were going about an hour and a half away. And I just, you know, this thing taxes you mentally and physically. And I'm just, uh, your normal life suffers because of it. Because it's not like my wife's not busy. We have a little baby. And, I mean, there's a lot of things going on. And so I I just noticed that all the things in my house, there are a lot of things that have gone wrong. You saw some of my stove broke, my ice And the machine baby didn't come from broke. you, the, the baby, the baby. No, but they know that, I think. We're, no, yeah, what we're, are you talking about, they? The, <laughs> the people there's listen. listeners that have no idea what you're talking about. We have baby a little side. baby that said, oh, well, he's a good dad. You know, there's 19 people listening to this. <laughs> 18 of them probably know. All right, for the one that, that does it, could we have a baby new. that we're fostering. In a, it's a complicated situation. Good clarification. So, look, there's a reason people my age are not having babies because it, it's yeah. very taxing. I mean, you forget, you know, 4 o'clock in the morning, yeah, here we go, spitting up just projectile vomiting <laughs> at any moment. And, uh, Would you like to go back down that memory lane, Dad, of the Or urinating on your your, your, uh, your Urinating, wife. yeah, she, my wife, before she was going to go film, she was a 15-minute delay. She was going to change the diaper. Whoop. 
peed right in the direct face. hit. Yep. Yeah. And so <laughs> even yesterday we were late for church. We were literally walking out and it just I heard it just <laughs> just look and it just like half the floor was painted white. <laughs> She's looking at me. Missy's looking at me like I'm gonna need a minute. <laughs> yeah, hey, take your time. I mean, that's back in the day. That's what you did. And you that's thought right. you were done with child rearing. But what rearing. I'm saying though is, mom, I have a little our little pool. It something happened to it. It's broken. The heating and air on the top floor. Oh. No, no heating and air. It and when I went up to try, I thought the batteries had run out in the little thingy. Yeah. The, the, uh, thermostat. Yeah. Next thing you know, the whole thing ripped off the wall, fell into five pieces. I said, well, we're going to need a new one of these. <laughs> I'm just which, trying to think. Which, by the way, is why rednecks should not try to fix things they don't know about. Stove broken. I mean, I bought the most expensive stove I could buy, and it didn't last five years. Yeah. Yep. Phil gave it a thumbs down anyway. I cooked it. The actually fish on it actually still works. No good. But you have to light. But like You know what the, the problem with work. those real expensive ones? Because everybody's had the same problem Jeff did, too, when I lived at his house. They're so temperamental when they're expensive like that. The littlest thing. Well, you make... know what happened to this one? A small nail went down. I think I told you all this. Went down the garbage disposal, tripped the breaker when the garbage disposal was on, and that surge blew out the little panel that operated the stove. It's like a looks like a little panel. Just It turned black. I mean, we knew something was wrong when we had a guy to come over to fix it. And he was trying to get that stove on, and just smoke started coming from the back of the stove. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He pulled out the panel. He's like, so, of course, now they don't make those anymore. Of course they don't. Yeah. So, uh, so you, what do you, you need? Do? I think you need a different brand. We won't get into brands. but, no. but what I Good, <laughs> Phil. So, what, That's actually so I said all that to this. say, you know, you feel like your life is kind of falling apart here because <laughs> you don't have time to fix anything. No. You, you, you just... And so, like, you go in, like, we had a few nights where I went in, I opened the refrigerator. There's nothing in there. <laughs> you're looking around. You know, it's just, and so while you're filming. So anyway, so I, I'd had a couple of days of this. And we got in that truck. I told Jeff, I was like, we're listening to worship music this morning all the way over there. And he went, sounds good to me. Because <laughs> I thought, oh, you may be feeling what I'm feeling. Was any of the fruit of the Spirit... Were you able to put that on the airwaves via the yeah. show? Oh, yeah. Oh, of course, Phil. Or did they Phil. just cut that out? No, no Jesus talk. Phil, I haven't seen the show. I, I've only filmed. I yes. was filmed. But I have a really good feeling that the irony of the show will be that there's a lot more. When it comes to treasure, there's a lot more in the show that yep. is not. We're digging out of the dirt. So to your point about Jep, he was, so he's looking for pants from you. Mm-hmm. About two, I guess it's a couple episodes ago, he comes up to my house. He said, Al, you got any non-logo shirts? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like. Non-logo. Non-logo. So I remembered. I thought, yeah, because you got to Greek it out, you know. So I said, okay. well, Jep, let's go look. So we went in my closet. I came up with three shirts and sent them with him. So, I mean, well, literally many, the man came here without clothing, I guess. There's I many know. running themes in the show about that. But to answer <laughs> your question, yes, there are multiple fruits of the Spirit in the show. But what I was going to say is, well, Jep said, well, I, there's a song I've been listening to. And uh, he said, I just can't get it off my mind. We listened to someone. He put it on. And it's called, I think it's the hottest song in contemporary worship right now. It's called Honey and 
honey, is it honey from the rock or honey in the rock? Now, let me Google it. I think it's honey in the rock, but I will make sure. Honey in the rock. Have you heard that? I don't think I have. Well, so Jeff started playing this song. Yeah, it's honey in the rock. And uh, let me tell you who sings it. Uh, Hang on, Jace. Let's take a break. So, Jace, uh, would you say that this season of your life, with uh, you just got through uh, television production, you have a, a baby in your home that uh, you and Missy are taking care of, is is how valuable is sleep right now for you? Sleep. I've heard stories <laughs> of how valuable it is. <laughs> and I know because your wife has been on the podcast. She says without sleep, she has major problems. So yeah. Very important. How it trickles down to me. <laughs> if Mama's not happy, nobody's happy. Uh, we're making it. So one of the uh, one of the things that Jason and I both do to help us sleep uh, is we use Helix Sleep, which is one of our sponsors who produces a fantastic mattress. Uh, really, really good. It's highly rated in, in all of the the you know categories of judging these mattresses. It's really good. Uh, you go to helixsleep.com slash unashamed. You take a two-minute sleep quiz. They're going to match you to a customized mattress. It's going to give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty. You can also try it for 100 nights risk-free. They'll pick it up if you don't love it, but I think you will because Jason and I love ours. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. If you go right now to helixsleep.com slash unashamed, that's helixsleep.com slash unashamed, $200 off, two free pillows, and a great night's sleep. I think it's pronounced Brooke Lidgertwood. She's from Australia. And Brandon Lake. <clears throat> I've seen him from Elevation. And so, uh, but I hear this song. And it just seemed to fit everything that I described up until this point in this moment. You know, where, where, where I just, it was like just salve to the soul. I don't know. It may have. So I reached out and looked. I just, as soon as it was over, I pushed rewind where he goes back. Yep. And so <clears throat> then it played again. Jelp reached over. We literally played that nonstop for an hour. We listened to the same song for one hour. And then when they... Were y'all singing it by the time time you go? No, we weren't. We were just sitting there. It was kind of bizarre. Because you had gotten caught up in it and sang it. So so then when we left at the 12 hours later, we cranked it back up. And we did the same thing all the way back home. And so... uh, well, that had to help the mood, just uh, the general overall. Well, when I got back home, I just spirit. thought, I don't think I've ever done that before, where I played a song over and over and over again. So I was like, I'm gonna read, I'm gonna look into this song. Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> when I got home, looked it up on my computer. They had, I, I was looking for it, and it had a 12 minute version, and I was like, oh, this is awesome. There's some <laughs> extended version. Well, it was the four-minute song, and then a guy interviewed him on how the song came to be. And so I watched it. Well, the girl, Brooke, I mean, she sounds like she's from Australia, so I don't know. Maybe they live here now. But she had she had this, this thought in her mind, and then the guy, uh, Brandon Blake, he kind of told the story. He's like, well... <clears throat> 
he was working out. Some guy called him and, and said, basically just started into it. And it's a verse in Psalm 81 and 16. It said, but you would be fed with the finest of wheat, with honey from the rock, I would satisfy you. <clears throat> so then I thought, so then I thought, well, that's weird. I didn't even know that was in the Bible. Had you ever seen that? No. Well, when you go back and read Psalm 81, well, you know what it's all about. It's about uh, Moses leading the people the in the wilderness, this this whole thing that when we went over in uh, first well when you said 10, that i mean i thought about the water obviously that came from the rock but i had never heard the term honey well you remember like if you read verse uh seven you know of, of psalm 81 where it says uh -huh. in your distress you call and i rescued you answered you out of the thunder cloud i tested you at the waters of meribah you yeah. probably remember the history of that better than me right <clears throat> but if you fast forward i think where we left off the podcast was in second corinthians Three. Uh, didn't we leave off? In we did. We got three. to the end of three. And you remember we're talking about Moses. Uh, he made yeah, the glory this. and the veil. And the veil. Well, you also remember that in First Corinthians ten, I have a point on why I'm going to this. First Corinthians ten. You remember when he when he said, "I don't want you to be ignorant of the fact." Brothers, that our forefathers were all under the cloud, and which is the same reference to Psalm 81 here. Yep. And that all passed through the sea. And you remember the Red Sea? They went through the water mm -hmm. to safety because of and God's. And a pillar by night, and, a, and I mean, a fire by night and a pillar by day that covered right. them. So that's right. how they knew which way to they go. They were all baptized into Moses. In the cloud and the sea, they all ate the same spiritual food, drank the same spiritual rock, uh, spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied, accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. Mm. Nevertheless, okay, and so I got to think about that. So this, then it, so the guy, Brandon Lake said, this guy called me, he read the verse, and he's like, man, that's a song. I mean, meanwhile, so he's he's making rounds on singers he likes. So he calls Brooke, and she's like, "Well, you're not gonna believe this. I mean, I've I've just listened to this podcast by uh, Tim Keller. I don't know if you've ever heard of. Oh him. yeah, but uh, I've read a lot of his books. Yeah, he did a podcast called Honey from the Rock, Psalm eighty one. She's like, I just heard that, and so it was an episode of Keller's on, podcast. On podcast. Mm -hmm. so it had four points. And she's like, here they are. She said, I've listened to it a few times since then. Life is a wilderness. And, of course, in the podcast, because I went and listened to it, you know, wilderness, when you, because there's a lot in here about wilderness. But in the Bible, in the Greek, it's more desert. You know, when I went over to the Negev Desert in Israel and we spent the night there, there was no life. Right. There was not a bird it was, I saw nothing move. Kind of like a any, dead zone. You know, we hadn't brought our own water. We'd probably, we'd been in trouble. I mean, it, yeah, it's dead. Which, by the way, <clears throat> that idea of provision, because we talk about the man and we talk about the water from the rock. But just think about the, the pillar, the cloud cover during the day when you're in a hot desert, what that would do for these couple of million people, however many it was. And then heat at night, because it gets cold at night too, doesn't it, Jace? Oh. 
Gee whiz. So the the purpose of the fire was it was more than just, you know, so they could see. It was also the heat it brought. So, I mean, God, even in that setting, he said, I'm going to get you out of Egypt. He provided well, for them the whole process. And I highly recommend, <clears throat> look that podcast up, Tim Keller, Honey, Honey from the Rock. He wrote one of the best books on the 23rd Psalm I've ever read. From, at some point in his life, he, he shepherded sheep. So he, he, he gave a, per, a lot of personal things from Psalm 23 that I never thought It's really of. good. But his point was, and the point, the whole thing we just went through with Moses and all, they could not have survived without God's providence. They were not going to survive. Correct. Especially for 40 years, wandering yeah. around in it. They wouldn't have made it 40 days. That's why, so the song, when you listen to it, it's man on the ground, uh, everything, you know, I need, God provides. Yep. Which you got to remember, back to 1 Corinthians 10, it, it that gets down to the end, and he starts saying, you know, God is faithful. He'll always provide a way out. He provides a way out. And so uh, he told a cool illustration from the second law of thermodynamics, which basically says that at some point, everything falls apart. Everything without some intervention losing a little en- energy all yeah. the time he gave an illustration he's like you cook a chicken i'm gonna use this because it was it was a good illustration he said you cook a chicken you're excited about it it comes out of the you know the oven you put it on the table and you're excited about this but he said give it three hours you're less excited <laughs> it, it begins to dry out it's yeah like, don't touch it three weeks later Give it a little time. Yeah, we're going to give it three weeks. Show up. Yeah, now all of a sudden you're like, ooh, ooh, the smell, something. What's <laughs> chicken sitting there? He said, give it three months. Now you're putting your whole family in jeopardy. We got diseases, bacteria. He's like, give it three. Mold. Give it three years. It's falling apart. Was this? It was a really good point. And hang on, Jess. Let's take a break. So the point is, you can't do it. So life is a wilderness. There's a rock in in the wilderness. Now, he read this in uh, Deuteronomy 32, which I won't read the whole thing. I mean, you can in your own time. But four different times, he refers to, I, I believe it's a song. He refers to God as the rock. Mm-hmm. Four different times in, in that chapter. And so... <clears throat> Third, there is honey. What was the second? In the rock, uh, there's a rock in the wilderness. So life in, is, is a wilderness. A wilderness yeah. yeah, there is a rock in the wilderness. There is honey in the rock, which is he he made a good point there about how you encounter. You think about when we encounter, or God encounters us. I mean, you think about Moses. Where was he at when the first encounter was? At the burning bush, where out in the desert, yeah, tending some sheep. Elijah, uh, you remember John the Baptist when he came about? It was a voice crying out in the wilderness. Well, you uh, remember? Which, by the way, what did he eat? Honey and locusts. Oh, that's just a coincidence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, and what was you gonna say? Uh, no, I was thinking about different ones. That even Paul remember when he first was converted, he said he went out for a little you know, time in the desert, you know, with some kind of 
direct tutelage from the Almighty. So that but idea. But kind of by himself. Yeah, by himself. So I'm saying. Oh, and God. Jesus, yeah, he went. Because that's where you realize, you know, to make that illustration for us, is that you can't do it. Right. There, like, this whole world is a wilderness. It's a desert. And, and that's why, look, there's way more. It's a 45-minute podcast. But, I mean, it's like the reason people, they have in their mind, oh, if I have a successful career or if. Because like me, I was saying about this show, you get caught up in it, and they're they're telling you all these great, oh, this, y'all are awesome, this is great, this is going to go whatever, you know. People are going to, they're going to love it. They're going to, well, what if they don't? And even if they do, this is, there's this we're in a desert here. This has nothing to do with, I'm saying from a worldly viewpoint, right. just doing a show or making money or, these are all things found in the world that promises Promises contentment and joy and even happiness, but doesn't deliver because we've already gone over the fact everything's falling apart. When you say everything is great, I'm on top of the world, that's when you need to look out. Because you're a million miles away from God. You you realize you can't do it. I mean, that, that was the point. So the fourth thing was that Jesus, well, you remember where he, where did he go after he's baptized? He wasn't baptized because of his sins. He didn't have any sin, but he had that surrender moment yep. to the greater purpose. He then is carried by the Holy Spirit to the wilderness, yep. to the desert, and and has this encounter, the same one we have, with the evil, which is where you started off, Phil, this evil presence. Yep. And so, well, what did he do? Well, he was the only adult who ever passed the test. So his point was Jesus passed the test in the wilderness for us. That's where you get into the honey, the sweetness of what God did, the the fruits of what he did, not only the power, it's in that rock. I mean, the rock had multi-task, you know, for shade and water. And so uh, that's basically what he went through. And... Uh, I thought, no wonder this song is so appealing to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it had a the scary thing is when you think you're on the top of the mountain, uh, when Jesus told the guy, the, the rich young man, go sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. The man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to the disciples, and here's what scares me, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. So I guess the only thing I'll tell y'all is when we came to Jesus, we basically were poor. So now that we're rich. Well, let me read something, Phil. If it's that difficult, that so difficult, that it's like putting a camel through the eye of a needle, that scares me, Al. Well, let me read this, Phil. You know Se what I'm saying? Let me read yeah. this. Sec Listen, 2 Corinthians 8, 9. For you know... The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake 
he became poor so that so that you through his poverty might become rich, which is basically what you just said. Yeah. So what I was going to say is a rocks are most of the time viewed as a stumbling block or even I thought about, you know, if you came up, there's a road block and there's a bunch of rocks. You're like, but here, you know, God used that rock where water came out of it, which is a it's supernatural occurrence to show you that he it's about him, not necessarily about me, which is where we started. But even I think in the irony of things, you remember in John 8 where the woman was caught in adultery, and what did the religious people do? They picked up rocks and were fixing to throw them at another person instead of, that's why Jesus is the rock, but his rock is not one that he hurls down. It, it provided sustenance, salvation, I think even sweetness. I, I think that's where the honey comes in there. But it's not what we want to do because we tend to take rocks and throw them at other people. That's just how we roll. Yeah. But the more I study that, I've been studying this for a couple of days, as you can tell, because I, I really, I thought, man, I needed this because I was, you know, I've been, I just, I was exhausted physically, spiritually, mentally, you know, because they really tax you and try to get everything out of you for these productions. They're just, it just never stops. It's a bunch of them and there's only a few of us. But I needed that moment in there to realize, you know, what's more important is is this i mean this having jesus having a relationship with god but being used by god to share jesus because that's where your real sustenance and provision is right everything else is going to fall apart let's take our last break you know i mean you're exactly right it is interesting jace that I was going to apologize to the audience earlier. It is uh, pine pollen season (laughs) in Louisiana. So there's half an inch on my truck when I got back from North Carolina of pine pollen. And what happens is it comes off these pine trees off the pine cones at this part of the season. And it literally, (laughs) the back of all of our throats, as we're sitting there, you keep hearing this clear throat, is covered with this substance. And it's made. Well, when you go outside, you can actually feel it hitting your face. Yeah, right. You can feel it hitting your skin, just the pollen in the air. That's. It's so funny. We were driving back uh, from South Carolina, North Carolina, and. I was thinking, man, when I get home, I got to get a water hose out and wash my truck off because it had it on there before I left. I thought it was going to be bad. I pull up in the driveway, and there's Anna washing my truck in the driveway, my oldest daughter, because they'd gotten home a couple hours ahead of us. And I said, you know what? I may have done a lot of things wrong raising my kids, but I did something right. <laughs> when when your daughter's out there washing the pine falling off your truck. <laughs> she knew you, she didn't want you to face that. She did. And uh, and she knows how bad it affects me, too. So that's why we got a lot of throat clearing going on, by the way. But I was, what I was going to say, Jace, was you made the point about, uh, I think, it's, is it called entropy? Where it is the idea that everything has a beginning and an end. I think that's the word. But anyway, so... That concept, the show, the reason you had these feelings, it was really interesting that that God gave you that song that has then led to this study you've been doing, is that everything, even a show, a season of a show, an episode of a show, it all has a beginning and an end. And there's always a way you go into it, and there's a way you deal with it once it's over. And that's anything in life. Yeah. I mean, 
or in the universe, everything. Oh, I agree. I, mean, All right, I was going <laughs> to give you the lyrics on this song. And look, uh, if you're uh, this, because it, it's pretty new. I think it's been out a couple months. Uh, so there's honey in the rock, water in the stone, manna on the ground. No matter where I go, I don't need to worry. Now that I know everything I need, you've got. There's honey in the rock. Praying for a miracle, thirsty for the living well. Only you can satisfy sweetness at the mercy seat. Now I've tasted it's hard, It's not hard to see. Only you can satisfy. There's honey in the rock. Then it says, freedom where the spirit is, bounty in the wilderness, you will always satisfy. There's honey in the rock. Uh, then it says, I keep looking. Oh, no. I'll skip one part. Purpose in your plan, power in the blood, healing in your hand started flowing when you said it's done. Everything you did is enough. I keep looking, I keep finding, you keep giving, you keep providing. I have all that I need because you are all that I need. Maybe that's why when you're reading through, when Jesus said, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end and the end. Yeah. Maybe that's why he summed it all up right there. That's right. Yeah. And the last line, because you said everything ends, but not this one, not him. And the last thought was you keep giving, you keep providing. I mean, I keep looking, I keep finding because you keep giving, keep providing. I have all that I need. It's really a neat song. It's a simple song, but it's it's really neat. It's a song of hope. It is, and uh, but it's got a good vibe to it, to a rhythm, good harmony, and of course they're world class singers. But uh, I, I'm proud when people who follow Jesus do something not only that that the world needs. I mean, it, it's basically the nuts and bolts of the gospel and who God is and why He did what He did and where the reason He did that. But they also just do it at a very high level. So I, I was I was wanting to talk about it and appreciate y'all allowing me to get into it because it's a great song and it's a great story. Well, <clears throat> and there are there are so many great songs that are written and and they are mostly inspired, obviously in in our world, by the Bible and by Psalms. I mean the, that that's a book of songs is what it is. I mean those were all sung, you know, by someone, and that's why it's in the Bible. So that tells you right there. And that spread out, by the way, over generations. I mean, Moses has a psalm in there. David did most of them. But there's a lot of other guys that wrote songs that made their way into the Bible. Even Pink Floyd borrowed from the Bible. <laughs> uh, it was, you're just another brick in the wall. They were doing it in a negative thing. So you're is that nothing. in the Bible? Is, you're that in the, is that in the Bible? When Peter's talking over there, when Peter's saying... Living stone. You're, 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 you're a stone in the in the kingdom. I don't think Pink Floyd was thinking that. I don't think he knew that was in the Bible. Oh, he didn't know it was in the Bible. Oh. He didn't even know what he was saying. <laughs> he was saying another brick in the wall, and I LSD. said, and I'm glad to be there. He was looking oh. at it from a negative thing. You're just another brick in the wall. They just keep, nothing. Oh, yeah. They just keep stacking somebody on top. Well, of I never even thought about it, Phil, but that is a good point. We are living stone. We are. As you come to him, the living stone rejected by men, but chosen by God, you also like living stones are being built unto a spiritual house 
to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone. And you are right, Pink Floyd. I'm just one brick in the wall and proud of it, dude. Oh, oh we it's are. Almost it's good the... guitar picking, but not much thought about eternity. It's almost the rolling stone, the living stones. That would be a, that'd be a good name to a group. Yeah, that's right. The living stone. Or the rolling stones. Well, might be a good But if they were rolling, that means they were no longer together being yeah. built. Right. Maybe that was their point. Their idea was... Yeah, we're individualists. Stones don't roll. Right, yeah. Their and, idea was that it's just, it just pathetic because we don't have enough time to do what we want to do. We run out of time. Pink Ford got a song about that. Sorrow. It just, they said, it's not enough. Have you been I listening mean, to Pink Floyd here lately? About 30, 40 years. Oh. <laughs> There's some rascals. But some of the stuff they sang about, I said, boys, if you could, if I could just sit down with you all for a little bit, yeah. you might change your mind about being sorrow and being another brick in the wall. It's a great thing. They would say, what? But, Dad, you wouldn't know this, but since I travel a lot, I see billboards and I hear you know local advertisements all around the country. All the, I mean, not all, but most of the bands of the 70s, late 60s and 70s, they're still doing it. Yeah. They're your age. Yeah. They're still performing. Hanging on. I just saw a thing. The Doobie Brothers are coming to wherever I was just last at, and and they're doing it with Michael McDonald, the old lead singer. So these people are in their 70s. They're still rocking. I only bring it up because the material that Jace is talking about, the the country western singers, that they put that song together (laughs) from material they got from the Bible. There are a lot of other people that started out in the 70s, and they're getting their songs from every one of them, but, but, but they get some of them from here. You know, yeah. you know who, yeah. did, who was the old guy? Highway to hell. <laughs> yeah, you see, yeah, that's biblical. <laughs> well, it is, but that's depressing. This is encouraging. <laughs> that is correct. So that that yeah. was Judas Priest, wasn't it? Highway to hell? Or was that I don't know, but Al, you said these people are still rocking. I think they're attempting <laughs> Well, I'll right. put it this way. They're still selling out shows, and people are paying to listen to them. So, hey, that's... I mean, it's like when Willie and I went to a George Jones concert, like, during his later, much later years. Yeah. And uh, it just... <laughs> we just went because we liked George Jones. <laughs> it didn't do it for you? Well, about halfway through it, <clears throat> he just stopped singing and just started talking yeah. through the song. Yeah. He just he was just reading. And everybody clapped. Just I mean, everything else was fine. But he's like, no, we're, I'm done. Because <laughs> you reach a point when you're big enough that you just do whatever you want to. You're, not, you know, the, you're like, why'd you go? George Jones. That's Where right. Going? Exactly. You got to see him. What would they call him? What was George Jones's uh, nickname? The Possum? Possum? I don't know. What name? The Possum? Somebody will let I me know. I think know. that's right. Oh, man. We, we're off the rails. We're almost out of time. So there were, there were two thoughts that came up in our previous discussion. I didn't get a chance to bring up. So I'm going to do that in the uh, overtime session. So just to let you guys know, blazetv.com slash unashamed. Uh, if you subscribe there, you get access to our bonus segments that we do on our podcast. So check that out. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.